Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 38 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Void and Beige of the geek to geek Network. How are you doing today, guys? Oh, just yeah. dandy. Yeah. Um, big fans of your podcast. Very excited to, to get to talk to you this morning. Uh, before we get started, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? I'm Void. I, I blog daily at agreenmushroom.com. So I'm a blogger. I've been blogging for like six, seven years, somewhere in there now. And... Um, we recently started, I guess not as recent anymore, but we started the geek to geek podcast. So that's kind of where a lot of my effort in content creation is going lately. So the blog and the podcast. And then beyond that, um, just me in general, I do, I do a lot of like, uh, marketing work and like digital work. I did video for a long time. Um, these days I'm doing a lot of web development and like social media stuff. And then in my free time, I play a lot of video games. And then I kind of consume, you know, I pick and choose from the rest of like geek culture. I, you know, if a, if a movie comes out, I go out and see movies and, you know, some TV shows and stuff, but kind of like, like video games is where I really, it's kind of my default, kind of where I do my, my deep dive into geekdom. Very cool. Very cool. How about you, B? Uh, well, uh, no, I, uh, I'm an English teacher. I teach uh, college English and run a tutoring center at a small liberal arts college in Tennessee. Uh, which is where my Twitter handle Professor Beach comes from, and I I'm a geek like like Void is. I pretty much do everything. My main one tends to be video games, but a lot of stuff I I dive into comics and movies. A lot of movies and TV for me. And really, I am all about exercise as well. That's one of my things. I host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast as well and blog at Geek Fitness. So that's where a lot of my energy goes as well as the geek to geek stuff. I think I've been blogging for eight years now. I started out at ProfessorBeach.com, which was just all over the place with pop culture stuff here and there, movies, video games, TV, just whatever I wanted to talk about. And then I've transitioned more into the fitness stuff as my life really started focusing on that as well. Very cool. Uh, well, you guys both kind of uh, touched upon what where your your geekiness lies, but are there areas that you find are are very strong as far as your you go? Anything you'd like to um, expand on as far as uh, your your geeky interests? Uh, well, for me, my wife was looking for my thirtieth birthday present, and she asked her like I think she was at the time ten year old niece or cousin or someone. Uh, what she should get me, you know, just asking around and as for suggestions. And she's like, well, what is, what is he like? And my wife's response was star Wars superheroes and exercise. And that pretty much sums <laughs> up everything that I like in the world is star That's Wars superheroes and exercise. It really is. Isn't it? Like it's me. And in, in what is it? Uh, four or five words. That is me. That is pretty much my entire personality. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, void, you're all about the video games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like lots of geek culture, but um, video games is kind of my default. I've always loved gaming, and I play more games than basically everybody else that I know. Like, that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. that's where I go for most of my entertainment. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, movies and TV, I, I read a lot. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, so I get kind of a breadth of things, you know. I, I run also. I'm not as like, hardcore into exercise as Bij is, but luckily I have him so I can use him as my personal <laughs> trainer whenever I have a question, and I do. 
text yeah. them all the time. But I, I'm a runner, so running or walking is kind of my default exercise. And I try to get out every day for that, which is really nice. And then, like, as far as you asked, like, if we have anything that we're not as into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so comics is one where I've, like, actively been working at it um, because I came to comics really late in life compared to everyone else I know who reads comics. So over mm-hmm. the past couple of years... I've been trying to get recommendations from people that I trust who actually know my taste. And I've kind of been wading into the world of comics slowly. Every once in a while, I'll take maybe a month and just like get a subscription to Marvel Unlimited and just binge for a while. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't have a whole lot of ongoing subscriptions. I don't have a whole lot that I get every single time. Like I've, I've done all of it digitally. So I've never had a pull list at a local shop. But, you know, the digital equivalent of that, like I have a few comics right now that I I pick up every issue, like just automatically through my account. But besides that, it's something that I'm actively working on and I'm reaching out to people like, do you have any recommendations? Because I like checking out new things. What type of uh, comics do you find yourself drawn to? Are are you really enjoying? So lately, um, the the Star Wars ones that Marvel started putting out with the new expanded universe, because I'm huge into Star Wars, that kind of pulled me back for the le- the latest round of comics. Um, mm-hmm. But then long term, I'm actually not subscribed to any of those. You know, I, I'm slowly like I'll go back and I'll check them out whenever they come out in volumes or maybe later on, like I said, Marvel Unlimited. The ones that I'm actually subscribed to that I pay every single issue comes out so I can read it on day one. I read Rat Queens. And I read Wayward, and neither of them is like a big name in comics right now. But I like mm-hmm. them both for very different reasons. Yeah, you were mentioning on your your podcast uh, Rat Queens, and that sounds really interesting. I think I might be talking to my my local comic book store and saying, "Hey, <laughs> why don't you add this to my list?" Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's I mean, if you don't know, like the the basic premise of it is it's a D and D type of world, and it's a group of female adventurers. And kind of just their adventures in the world. But it's definitely, I, I know comics don't really have ratings, but it would be like an M or an R. You know, they cover adult themes, but it's not mm-hmm. just like hyper-violence for the sake of hyper-violence. And it's not just sex for the sake of sex. It's like whenever they dip into those themes, it actually serves the story and serves the characters. And that makes such a world of difference, you know? Yeah, it's good to know that it's not gratuitous because I think sometimes you get into those where you're kind of like, well, I'm liking the story, but this is taking me out of it. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. How about you, uh, Beach? What are, what are your areas of geekitude where they're low? Uh, anime is probably the worst for me. I have everybody who tells me, you know, you should watch Attack on Titan. You should watch uh, Black Butler. You should be watching this or that. And I try it, and I just can't get interested in it. There's just something about anime that I just I just don't get. And unless it's Dragon Ball Z from where when I was a teenager (laughs) coming home from high school and just watching them go Super Saiyan for like 13 episodes, like just screaming at each other, I just cannot get interested in it at all. That I don't know what it is. I I see the the appeal and then I sit down and watch it and I I just can't. And I I hear so much about it. It's such such a major part of the culture that I'm in with geek culture and especially with the RPGs that I play, they're so anime-inspired with video games that I just can't. I cannot watch anime for the life of me. That is, I'm completely shut off from it unless somebody tells me about it. 
I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. It's it's and it's hard to get in because it's one of those things that has such a wide um, breadth of yeah. things that you can you can look at. That I've gotten recommendations, but um, I'm also one of those people who has trouble uh, focusing when there are subtitles. Oh, okay. And and it's not so much that I don't you know I don't like subtitles. I just find it hard to kind of go back and forth and read and still get the full enjoyment right. out of it. And so a lot of the stuff that people are sending me to that's easily accessible is subtitled. And I'm like, I, I just want to be able to, to, to try this in the background for a right. bit, and I, I can't do that. So that was what, I, I understand. Yeah, that was what happened to me with Attack on Titan. I turned it on, and I wanted it just kind of playing in the background while I did something else. And it was subtitled instead of dubbed, which is fine normally, because I tend to like subtitled stuff when I watch it that I've never had a problem with it, but it was, and I focused in on it, and even then, I just couldn't get into it, so I'm I'm glad that everybody else enjoys it so much, and I like, mm-hmm, and I like mm-hmm. people loving things, that's one of my things, like, I love people who just go all in and love something, good for them on that one, because I just, I just can't, and I, I want to, but I can't. Yeah, subtitles are tough, especially if you're like a strong reader, which I think all of us are, because mm-hmm. you read so much faster than you can listen to somebody say something. So it's mm-hmm. like a subtitle pops up and I've read it in half a second, like multiple lines, you know, and then you have to wait multiple seconds for the people to catch up to where you are. And it's just right. And, and that's something that like drives me crazy in video games, too. If you have unskippable yes. dialogue like that is a game breaking feature for me. Like I will just step away from your game. That's if why I I'll... can't hit A as fast as possible to read through the dialogue at my own pace. That's why I like Bethesda and Bioware games is that recently they've let me start skipping the dialogue. I'll read it, keep it on subtitles, and then about halfway through it, I skip it to the next section. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, very cool. Um, you both have mentioned it, uh, but what is your favorite fandom? Would you both <laughs> say Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you can see right now, there is a Yoda statue, like an actual statue behind me on the video oh, here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that that his arms melted off. I have to glue it back on and hold the lightsaber oh, no. most of the time. But yeah, it's uh, it's under my chair on the other side. It's safe. But somebody chopped Yoda's hand off like they did Luke. But no, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm Star Wars guy that uh, if the Yoda statue doesn't give it away. Yeah, and I'm, I've been super into Star Wars since I was a kid, and it was actually... Um, Overall, it was the books that got me into, like, the deep dive into Star Wars. Interesting. Oh, I always liked the movies and the overall mythology, and I remember playing with the toys as a kid. But uh, no more than, like, any other movies that I liked or any other toys that I liked. But then I started reading the Extended Universe novels, and at this point, I, I've basically read all of the old Extended Universe, which is literally hundreds of books, right? Mm-hmm. right. So, like, that's where I got my deep dive into Star Wars. And then after I started down that path, every Star Wars video game that came out, I had to play it, you know. And then, obviously, when the new movies came out, you got to watch those. And then they reset the entire, like, Extended Universe to... So now everything's canon, which is actually cooler in a lot of respects. Uh-huh. But they also mm-hmm. wiped out all of these years of knowledge that I built up. So it's like, <laughs> there's there's positive and negative about it. I totally get why they do it, and I don't hold it against them. But now I'm I'm actually able to keep up 100% with the new canon, which is really cool for me. Yeah, I can see where that would make a big difference, especially if you've you've been up 
uh, part of the, well, I guess now Legends universe, right? Um, up until now, uh, are you are you finding that the new stuff holds up to where the old stuff was? Um, it hasn't had enough time yet, so I think it's too early to tell because a lot of the old stuff could really go off in its own crazy directions. And now mm-hmm. that the new stuff has to fit within canon, it's sticking much closer to the main story, and we haven't had enough time to see. Um, novels and things kind of branch out further which is where some of my favorite stuff used to be you know but they mm-hmm. had the years between like what the 80s and basically a year ago yeah so like mm-hmm. the 80s in 2015 like you got some stuff that was really out there or like multiple generations of jedi and characters later after the characters from the original movies and those authors felt like they had this huge degree of freedom and so i really liked ways that they pushed it um but as far as like Bring you back to your actual question. Um, the new canon, I like it overall. And there's an author who's done two books in it so far. And I think they're two of the best Star Wars books if you look at everything that's ever been written. So overall, yes, I, I like it. I like where it's going. That's very cool. That's high praise. Yeah, who is that? Is that yeah. James Lucino that you're talking about? No, it's um Claudia Gray. Oh, I okay. Believe. False Stars and yep. uh, Lost Stars and Bloodlines, Bloodlines are the two. Yep. So Lost Stars is really really cool. It's a young adult novel, so I skipped it. But then one of my friends who is a book reviewer said you have to read this because you'll like it. And um, it's now my favorite Star Wars novel ever. Like out of all of the hundreds that I've read, because yeah, it's kind of young adult, but really what it is is the story of two people in a kind of vaguely a Romeo Juliet situation. Not really, but you know, they cross paths a bunch of times and they end up on opposite sides of the empire and the rebellion. And it ties in all of the original movies. So it's like their story intertwines through the original trilogy in just this intricate way that blew me away. I, I can't believe she did it as well as she did. So that's my favorite star Wars book now. And it's huh. part of the new canon. That's very cool. I'm going to have to go back and read that because I haven't gotten into the the new extended. Oh, I haven't gotten into any extended universes, but um, I definitely am am looking forward to kind of delving into some of the the more niche Star Wars stuff that's coming out. And that sounds like it's right up that alley. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. Yeah, I like the ones that I've read so far, too. I haven't read nearly as many of them as Void has, but I read a lot of the old ones. And the new ones that I have read are very good. I like the short stories and comics specifically. I think I've fallen more in with the comics than the novels right now. And I think it's Mm -hmm. just because of the ease of getting to them. With a Marvel Unlimited subscription, being able to get a couple of issues in and get a story rather than... I've been having a hard time reading. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, settling down to read... So being able to read a couple of comics and still get immersed in the Star Wars universe has really worked well for me. But I really, really love the Kanan comic book that they did. It is it is good storytelling. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, the stuff that's coming out of uh, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, all that. I mean, they've got – I don't know that they're going to have as much experimentation, at least for a while. Yeah. That, you know, they had in, in the extended universe, the, as you guys were describing it, but they at least have it where they, they it has a direction and you know that everything that's being produced is going to be of quality. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you can see that with the video games, too. I mean, they basically came out at E3 and said, these are all the Star Wars games we have in development. 
you guys get no details about them. But look, we have this developer on it, and that game's <laughs> going to come out next. And then this developer has the game after that, and that developer has the game after that. They named, like, five different developers that are all actively making Star Wars games, and they're, like, staggered release, you know? So they're taking their license, they're giving it to people they think are going to do a good job, and they it seems like they're taking their time with it. You know, nothing was rushed. They didn't promise any release dates. They didn't give any details, but they're like, yeah, we're making Star Wars games now. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Well, I am I am a little bit behind on my podcasts, unfortunately. I'm right in the middle of your episode 20, which is kind of your mid-year review. So uh, I feel like the next question is best answered by people going in and checking out uh, your episode 20 of the geek to the geek uh, podcast. But uh, what are some things that you are just big fans of right now that you don't think is very popular and not enough people know about it? Well, the thing that we're both huge fans of that is popular that lots of people know about is Hamilton and everyone yeah. can listen to that. But, <laughs> yeah. Especially but to actually answer time. your, yeah. yeah, to actually answer your question, um, I, I'm really into JRPGs still, Japanese RPGs and the Final Fantasy series in particular. I don't think Final Fantasy as a series has ever really lost all of its name recognition, but it's been so long since they've had a huge release. Um, and then especially after like Final Fantasy 13, and then they did 13-2 and Lightning Returns, which is basically 13-3, like they lost a lot of goodwill from people. And those games came mm-hmm. out in like 2008, you know, they haven't mm-hmm. had a huge release. And then after that, Final Fantasy 14 is an MMO, and it's honestly one of the best MMOs I play. Yeah, but it's really good. Lots of people are, just, yeah, lots of people just never touch MMO, MMOs, and that's fine, but I still have a big passion for Final Fantasy. Like, I went back, and on my blog, I basically set up a project for myself where I played through every single Final Fantasy in order, and it took me a good year or year and a half just because I have kids and I can't sit down every night and play a game for hours and hours. But that was really, really fun for me to go back and see how the Final Fantasy series has evolved over time. And I wish more people would go back to... Not necessarily the first couple of Final Fantasies, but everything from like four to about ten is really, really mm-hmm. good. Those are kind of like the golden age of Final Fantasy. Yeah. So I wish more people had that frame of reference just so I could talk to more people about it. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. It's something I definitely have not been in on, but have always kind of wanted to check it out. And so maybe that's where I'll I'll go back and start from. And I'm the same way with that. That just JRPGs in general. That there are so many that I want to go back and play that I I can't don't have access to. Like Earthbound, I've heard is going to be re released uh, for I think the Wii U maybe or maybe it has been already. And it that has I, been. That I want to be want people to play that because it it's still one of the most memorable gaming experiences I've ever had and just these older RPGs that are being pushed aside on it well and forgotten by by the mainstream people who are playing newer RPGs that they don't have good graphics Earthbound it, it has a very particular 8-bit style even though it's 16-bit but they need to go play this because the gameplay is still just magnificent that that like you said they need maybe not the oldest oldest games but there's a golden age of JRPGs that people, a lot of people completely miss out on, that they're re-releasing a lot of them as mobile right now, too, that you're getting a lot of remakes, that, especially with the Final Fantasies that they're putting on iPhone and things like that. Like Final yeah, Fantasy IX, you need to go play Final Fantasy IX. It is my favorite of the series, and they just did yeah, an yeah, HD I, I remaster of it, you guys. Yeah. 
That's very cool. Very, very cool. Any any other um, recommendations for the popular yet unknown? I get really nerdy about dinosaurs, and I've been reading about things about dinosaurs because I'm this many, and uh, I I just it, love them. That that I will I see articles about it, and then I just go down the the click hole and start reading about everything dinosaurs. And I always remember that Wow Insider or whatever it is now, uh, Blizzard Watch, I think is a blog that every once in a while they have a dinosaur themed Q&A thing that has a Q&A post that goes through and I just nerd out because I'm like awesome more dinosaur stuff and enough adults don't nerd out about dinosaurs like seriously I know this sounds really ridiculous and off the wall but I, I saw something the other day that was just talking about new dinosaurs that were discovered and I just like oh my god new dinosaurs it's awesome let's talk about this and nobody's there to talk about it so you guys need to go read all sorts of dinosaur like publications and paleontology journals so you can talk to me about them well, anytime you find a discovery about dinosaurs, you send me a, a tweet and I will I will deep dive with you. Right. I've never been a huge dinosaur fan, but it, it uh, amazes me that we can still be finding new dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, to me, that's just crazy. Yeah, it does me too. That's the way I am. I was like, seriously, we haven't found this before? Let, let, this is awesome. Let's put it back together. Let's solve this puzzle. And I just love it. I, I really do. I saw one where they had put recently that, that there was a new exhibit in some, I can't remember which uh, museum it was, but they did the T-Rex where it had, they, they put skin on it and had it feathered and colored like it was, like they're looking at it being now. And it's like, this is awesome. It's finally getting out there and being put out way more. And I'm just like, and no one was talking about it. I'm like, oh, that makes, that, that makes me nerd sad. Well, well and like I might be like I, Jurassic World comes out and, you know, they they want to stay like internally consistent with the world yeah. they've created of dinosaurs the way that we expect to see them. Uh -huh. So even though they know so much more science now, they won't go back and like retrofit it into, you know, their world that everybody that's that's probably like the main on ramp into dinosaurs is like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, those movies, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed they didn't do it with the genetically enhanced one uh, in this one. I figured that would be how they kind of eased into, oh, this this happened. But no, they didn't. Well, and I think I'm a, a little bit older than you guys. Um, I'm in my late 30s. <laughs> but um, I I was around when they told us that uh, the brontosaurus wasn't an actual dinosaur. Yeah. And it, went the, it went the way of Pluto. And it was like, you can't take brontosauruses away from us. But it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, nope, we've, we've got the wrong head on the wrong body. And this is what it's supposed to be. And we're like, oh, OK, well, that used to be one of my favorites. But OK. I know. My wife oh, and I no. would still say something about that. Like, oh, that was like a brontosaurus. We're like, that doesn't exist. Like, it will always exist to me. <laughs> it, it, it's it true. Uh, you cannot take Littlefoot away from me. Can't. From no, you can't. I am hope. I hope there are listeners that listen to this and actually get that reference. Stan Littlefoot. <laughs> if you don't, yes. you need to you need to use you need to use Google, figure it out, and then come and talk to us about it and tell us how emotionally destroyed you are. Yes. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, thank you guys so much for for uh, sharing yourselves with us a little bit. Um, we're gonna get back into what you're working on in a moment, but we're going to talk a little bit about how we kept it geek this week. All right. Um, a couple of episodes ago, I said that I was trying to go back and watch South Park from the very, very beginning. Ah, that sounds rough. That sounds um, it's fun. Not. 
It is a lot of fun, and it's one of those kind of second screen type of things where I just have it running while I'm, like, questing or doing my, my games. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, sitting down in front of a TV and just watching South Park, I think I would go mad. Yeah. But uh, – and, and there are definitely episodes where I'm like, I can't believe they said that. Like, I know I know it's South Park, and I know what I'm getting into, but I still have, especially being a little older now, have reactions to it going, wow, that's just not right on so many levels. <laughs> Uh, but the the whole reason why I'm doing that is uh, when E3 came up and they started announcing the new South Park game, which looks amazing. Uh, my students were like, "You have to play the first one, and you should go back and list, watch the last few seasons because it really kind of helps you enjoy the game more because you get a lot more of the inside jokes." So that's that that was the motivation for going back and and. And watching them again, and I'm in the middle of season two, and it is it is just so much fun, and it's just so bad, and my my headphones are not quite as uh, soundproof as you would like them, so even even though I've got um, them on, I know my husband at his computer can uh, can hear what's coming through them, and so Mr. Hanky came on, and he just kind of looks over at me like really. Exactly. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Yep. So it, I did that. Uh I am back in Warcraft. I know ah. that people who yeah, people who've been listening for a while, it's like, yeah, that'll last for a week. But I I've actually <laughs> been I've been in WoW now for about two solid weeks. So I think this is my transition back in for Legion. Okay. I know both of you guys are, are at least former, if not waiting till mm-hmm. next release players. Yeah, I am. Yes. Yeah, so I I finally rolled uh I rolled a warlock on uh RPG server. Ah. Or an, an RP server and so I'm going to try and get her up to a a a high level and maybe try some RP on WoW to kind of keep me busy until Legion. It's ne- something I've never done before. So for me it, it I think I mean I've RP'd before, but never in WoW. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I've never so. done MMORP. I, I read all sorts of articles about it, and I've talked to people in the community, and it's not something I've ever done. I've always been entirely too competitive and progression minded in WoW to be able mm-hmm. to uh, settle down and just play the game. Yeah, yeah before we got out of the MMOs and since uh, having kids, because it really affects your time, you know, and um, right. So I'm I'm very much a lapsed WoW player, but I can still appreciate it. I like watching it from the outside. I'm always interested in what's going on and what's new and why people are into the latest expansion. So it still mm-hmm. gets some of my brain power. I just haven't played since, like, Cataclysm. I think that's where I kind of jumped off. Yeah, I took a break around Cataclysm and uh, came back towards the tail end just before Pandaria okay, launched. Yeah. yeah, and I I did not enjoy this, this last... Um, expansion i just i just it wasn't for me it was too daily chore oriented and so i am really 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 looking forward to legion because it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot more fun stuff that keeps things moving forward yeah as opposed to just kind of repetition 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 because i'm all about the grind but but it was a little too grindy 
And I liked yeah, I liked I the storytelling that they were doing in this. Leveling up for the first time to a hundred was a fantastic experience, especially since oh, my, it really was my favorite expansion is still the Burning Crusade because it was the first one. I was all in. I had just graduated college and moved home, so I was you know just going into graduate school, like everything about it was just perfectly timed for me to be able to just fall in on the Burning Crusade. So going back to Draenor was awesome for me. And then like the storytelling was great. I saw all the references I went through. And then when it got into, like you said, the daily chores over and over again, I didn't enjoy the garrisons. I didn't like the, the dungeons. The raids were lifeless to me. So I just... I just fell apart on it after I went through. I did everything in the game that I could do except the very last raid and just figured I would wait until Legion came out, experience the same thing again, and quit once again after a couple of months. Yeah, I got my main up to 100, and I didn't even do the Hellfire Peninsula stuff. I just, I was like, um, I'm I'm done until Legion. And, That's pretty and fun. Right was it? Yeah. I mean, because it feels like it sounded like it was a timeless isle. Kind it of was. It was better than the timeless isle. I spent a lot of time there. If you liked it at all, they made it better in Hellfire Peninsula, but it's still something where you're doing the same few things over and over and over again. And I was basically grinding for a mount that I never ended up getting. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know some people love this expansion, and I, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, not pooping not... on it. It was super fun. <laughs> Well, and I agree. Yeah, and I agree with you about the the leveling process. Probably some of the best storytelling that they've done, but but it just for me the the daily routine got old. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'm going to save because uh, I think we should just kind of end our keep it geek this week with Pokemon Go. <laughs> so if everybody <laughs> just saves that until the end, yeah, we will sure. geek out on our Pokemon Go after uh, after everybody's done their other stuff. Uh, Void, why don't you go next? So Pokemon Go is one of mine, but I'll save it. Um, the uh, other thing was Voltron on Netflix. So they just made a new Voltron series, which is um, a Netflix original. And I had never watched Voltron as a kid, and I don't really watch cartoons, really. I, I mean, I know a lot of adults do. There are certain cartoons that are marketed towards us still and made for us. I just, I don't know, something about it, I, I have a lot of trouble getting into them. But so many people on Twitter and just like on my Slack channels and stuff, have been talking about this new Netflix original Voltron. And I mentioned it on our last podcast. I was like halfway through the series. I finished it actually last night. And I really like it. And it's surprising to me that I like it as much as I do. It's good. I mean, it's it's cool, too, that it's in that Netflix original uh, format where there's only about, I think there's 11 episodes, you know, so it's not like you're committing to 22 episodes or you're committing to super long shows. Um, there's like one kind of long movie that's or it's it's not a movie. It's like almost a mini movie for the first episode. It's a little bit over an hour. And then after that, every other one is like, you know, around the 22 minute mark. And they're fun. I mean, there's giant lions that connect and make Voltron. And like, it's, it's, I knew about Voltron as a kid, but it was never something that I was into. So it's kind of cool to find it now that I'm almost 30 and this is my first experience with it. And I still like it. So yeah, that's, that's my thing for the week. That's awesome. I really want to check it out. Um, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I touched on Voltron when I was younger, but didn't really get into it full full on like some people I know so I'm interested to kind of see the new perspective I, will, I won't get any like back references or anything like that because I just didn't watch the original series that yeah. closely 
And I, I loved it, but I won't get it because I haven't watched it in probably 25 years, maybe. <laughs> but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's there with the nostalgia. So if it's actually worthwhile, I, I can't wait to act, to sit down and watch it whenever I do, because I did love it as a kid. And I avoided this because I was afraid it was going to be one of those remakes that you just kind of cringe at. But I'm glad to see that Netflix did did right by it. And I still want you to watch it because I have no frame of reference for the original. So I want to know how it compares. Okay, that will be fun. I'll do that. I can't wait to listen to that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about you, B? What did you do? I super geeked out this week. My Windows kept crashing. I think it crashed four times. And so I've been in the process of installing and deleting and burning my computer to the ground. And I started, I just finally gave up and re and installed Linux for the first time. So I went hardcore computer geek. I had made myself a live USB where I could run Linux from a USB drive, installed it, have been learning the command line and doing a lot of stuff in Ubuntu. And I am loving it. I finally got my, I got Windows completely wiped off. I've, I've been learning a lot more about how my, the partitions on my two hard drives are actually set up and are working. I have Windows finally reinstalled on my computer, you know, to play Overwatch. But, um, I have, I have really been geeking out on Linux, trying to go all open source with my stuff. I have, I've been in the mood to do something like that, and I feel kind of like it's like I feel like a cliche. It's like I'm learning coding, and all of a sudden I'm installing Linux and trying to use only open source software, and I'm like, man, I'm like a 1995 cliche from some like cyber thriller. But it it's super <laughs> fun. Like Linux is really good right now. It's not hard to get into, and it really surprised me at just how easy it is. It was kind of like when I got my first Android phone and could root it that I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so much better than my iPhone. I can do whatever I want to. Let me screw with this thing. And I loved it. That's the way I feel with Linux. It's like I can do whatever I want, and I'm really prepared to that I'm going to mess up my computer and not and not know what I've done wrong. But there's so much of a community around it online that I am, I am falling in, that I am finding people to ask these questions to. And it's just I'm geeking out really hard on being one of these Linux guys. So we'll see if I keep up with it. But right now, it's my daily driver operating system, unless I'm playing Overwatch, which is probably a good thing. I just I, I realized this morning that I started working before we recorded, and I switched to Linux so that I wouldn't be distracted by booting up Overwatch and getting into a competitive match. So Linux is going to be really good, and my wife will be really happy about this because I have a very addictive personality where I, when I find a game I like, I play it a lot to the exclusion of pretty much everything else in my life, and that is very unhealthy for me. And uh, so Linux is actually going to keep me from doing that where I have to dedicate myself to and, and make the choice of going in and playing a game versus work where I won't have, be able to alt-tab between so many things. But yeah, Linux, it's awesome. That's really awesome. I, I, you are braver than I, sir. I would be terrified that I would just break my computer beyond anything. And like, you, you have just taken off 
all the safety restraints. I did. I really did. And it, that's why I haven't done it before. Like, I had never installed it because I was really afraid and I was intimidated by just how much I'd always heard that you had to know the command line in and out to really make Linux work. And the more I talked to people, the more I realized that the newest distributions of it ha- are pretty much just either, if you get Linux Mint, it's Windows. If you get Linux Ubuntu, then it's going to be Mac OS, essentially. And from the moment that I booted it up because you don't have to install it to run it. I booted it up first to to really just see and I could figure out what was going on immediately. Firefox came pre-installed. Everything worked out of the box and then I just googled how to install certain pieces of software or drivers and you run a command line that you it tells you to copy and paste this. It took no effort to do other than just knowing how to google it and if you don't know how to google things at this point then you probably wouldn't know what Linux is. <laughs> <laughs> Ubuntu is like really user friendly. I've used yeah. that before. And uh, I mean, since I do a lot of web de- development day to day, I'm in like Linux servers through the command line a lot, just like dialing into remote servers, um, you yeah. know, via my local command. And like you pick basically the best time to experiment with Linux. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the times I've done what you're doing were when I either had a computer that was dying anyway so i was like wiping the hard drive multiple times in a week just like you you have nothing to lose at that point otherwise if you have like old hardware laying around if you have an old desktop and you've recently upgraded you haven't gotten rid of your old one yet or if you have like an old laptop you know if you have like an extra piece of computer hardware around it's really fun to play around with linux but yeah don't take your main machine that's working right now and try to do it to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really was just frustration. It's like, oh, Windows is doing this to me. I boot. I t- was playing a game last night. I turned it on. Oh, look, the bootloader's broken. I hate everything. I'm burning this to the ground. Where's Linux at? Was pretty much how I woke up the other day. So, so that was what I did. I was like, fine, Linux it is. Well, very that that you like I said, braver than I am, sir. But I maybe that is something that I will look into because I do have a couple of uh, pieces of old hardware lying around, and maybe that's something to do with it. Very cool. All right, so what we have all been doing this week? Should we talk about <laughs> Pokemon Go and how yeah. it's taking over everybody's lives everybody's across lives. the world? We can talk about. It. I think our episode this week is actually going to be all about Pokemon Go. But yeah, I, yeah, I'll gladly give some first impressions and kind of like you know totally. just with a few days of it. Please do, please do. You've played um, it more than I have, so you you should probably start this off. You you've made it a family endeavor, so yeah. Well, I was I was kind of I, I checked in on it a bunch, but the servers have been horrible this week, um, especially mm-hmm. during the weekdays. It seems like yesterday it was a little bit better, um, and then today this is the we're recording the Sunday after the game has launched. Um, so far today they've been pretty solid. But they're having a ton of server issues, which is the main reason that you might not want to check it out yet. But the core of the game that's underneath that, when it's working, when the servers are up, I really like. I mean, just catching Pokemon, collecting them, you know, every time you catch one, you get, there's so many mechanics in it, but it's also so simple, right? Like, they just show up, you tap on them, you throw a Pokeball at them, and you catch them or you don't. And when you catch them, you get um, candy that you can use to, like, upgrade your Pokemon or evolve them, and... You can go visit Pokestops where you click on it and you spin it. Pro tip, spin it. Otherwise, you don't get anything. I didn't know that the first time. Yeah, Um, (laughs) that took me a little while to figure out, too. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the overall core of the game is walking around outside and catching Pokemon. And I like that. And so when the servers were stable one day, I just handed my phone to my wife because, like, 
something popped up nearby. It was probably a Pidgey because it's always a Pidgey or a Weedle near where I am. It sure and, is. Yeah. <laughs> I just handed it to her. I was like, you want to catch a Pidgey? She was like, what do you mean? And I just said, here, just swipe the Pokeball. And she did it. And she was like, oh, my God. I caught. She's like, wait, how do I get more? There's an Eevee nearby. She's like, it's nearby. I'm like, yeah, but we're not close enough. You can't see it on the screen. She's like, where do I have to go? She put on her sandal. She's like, do I just walk outside? I'm going. And she just took my phone and walked across the street. She's like, I'm getting this Eevee. So then she came back home and she was like, put this on my phone. <laughs> so we installed it on her phone and we've been catching Pokemon together ever since then. It's been fun. You know, we take the kids out to I live in the suburbs, so there's not a lot of Pokestops right near my house. So we kind of have to drive mm-hmm. over to an area with a bunch of shops that also have sculptures around and stuff. And we've been walking around. But, yeah, we've gotten out more this week than we have most weeks because of Pokemon Go. So I, I like it and I like where it's headed. That's awesome. And my wife doesn't get it. She didn't grow up playing Pokemon. So when I tell her, like, I'm going to, like, this morning, I woke up and I was like, I need to go see what happens at the gym. And she was like, You're going to the gym already? I'm like, The Poke Gym. And I went outside. <laughs> She's like, Every time you say the gym, because I live, like I said, across the street from a university, uh, east, the university's east campus. So on one corner of my street is a Pokestop, and the other corner is a Pokemon Gym. So I am perfectly located to be, like, two minutes away walking from both of these things. And I've wow. been wandering around like it's it's absolutely wonderful. But I'll just go out and be like, I want to see a Pokemon around what I can get from the Pokestop and who's at the gym and whatever. So I'll just go. She's like, I just don't understand this. And but I'll just wander around the neighborhood. Last night I came back. She does woodworking. So she was working on her table when she had a burst of energy after the ear infection. And I, I had messaged her. I used an incense. I was like, I'll be back in half an hour. And so I came in. She had built a table. And I was like, I caught like 10 Pokemon. And she's being actually productive, and I'm living out, like, I, I think Pokemon Blue was my first one, and uh, it, I was maybe 15 when I when I had it. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school, is all I remember, and I'm, I'm like, living out, 15, and I know that sounds weird, because a lot of people were, like, six when they got into Pokemon. I was like, I'm living out 15-year-old BJ's, like, dream of going out and catching an Eevee in my front yard, or a Weedle, or a Venonat, or whatever. It's... It's awesome just being able to do it. I hit I hit a lot of the frustration that a lot of people have been having because I couldn't log in with my my Pokemon Trainer Club. I guess oh. that's just like you just don't in certain areas you just can't. And so finally, um, well, <laughs> actually caused a an argument between my husband and I because. Uh, he is not into video games. It's not his thing. And but he's very much into getting out and about and hiking and exploring. <laughs> and so, this to me, this was like the perfect marriage of our interests. And so I was all excited. I'm like, all right. Well, I, I he didn't even know. I'm like, I put this on your phone. <laughs> it is there. <laughs> it is ready to go. We're gonna go out and and we're gonna go catch a Pokemon. He's like, all right, fine. And He's logged in because he logged in with his uh, Google account, and I couldn't log in. And so I'm Aww. sitting there frustrated, and he's like, I caught this. Yeah, I, that's great, sweetie. Well, and, and how do I do this? I'm like, I don't know, sweetie. Hold on one second. And <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to – and he's like, you want me to do this with you, but you're not paying attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I'm sorry. I, You know, we apologized. So finally, I was just like, all right, I, this pokey – trainer ID thing is not working. So we had just had dinner in uh, downtown Palm Springs 
and I was like, why don't we take a walk? I'm going to sign in on the Google side and see if that works. And let's just walk around and see what we can do. And all of a sudden, it was working. Um, it was downtown, so there was Pokemon everywhere. There were stops everywhere. Oh, cool. Awesome. And we had a lot of fun. And so now it's kind of, for me, balancing that, um, you know, because we live in Palm Springs, so it's currently like 115 outside. <laughs> so I can't just, like, go out and catch Pokemon. But it's kind of like, well, maybe tonight when it cools down a little bit and the sun's down, we can walk around and see what we can catch and – and so it's, A, going to be a very good fitness thing for both of us because we need to get more active. It's too easy to sit in our office and, and work on our computers. But it's also something that I think melds our interests together. So I'm I'm excited that this is around because, for me, it's it's something that I can share with, with my husband. That's so. cool. That's, That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I live in Alabama, and this time of year, it's it's around the 95 to 100 range it, with, with 80 to 100% humidity, so I completely understand. I'm going to wait until the sun isn't, like, trying to murder me, and then I'll yeah. go outside and catch this stuff, that it's been very short walks for me to do the same thing, or like Void said, uh, going, driving around, uh, well, I mean, I said it while we were recording, so I'm referencing something that you guys don't know about, and uh, just fake <laughs> driving really slowly around parking lots and things like that, and uh, and cheating, and just cheating Pokemon. <laughs> I'm 33 years old, and I'm cheating at Pokemon. There was a... Uh, the system, right? Mm, that's what it is. Well, as, as we said earlier, that it's it's the equivalent of riding around on your bicycle with an egg in your um in your roster. You yeah. know, it, it, it's 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 it is part of the Pokemon culture. <laughs> we just now have real life cars to do it with. True, <laughs> it's true. We're old enough to drive now, so we can. Exactly. If, you know, if Ash had a car, if he was old enough to drive, I think he would be doing the same thing. So, so I, I don't feel bad. <laughs> Did you guys have you seen this tweet that's going through um, online about Pokemon? Which one? Uh, Pokemon Go. The one about the guy who took the 3 o'clock in the morning yes, walk. and I yeah. loved it. That made me so happy. If that is true, then, then my heart just swells. Yeah, I'm going to read it real quick because I just thought it was so wonderful. Uh, it says, Couldn't sleep, so I downloaded the game and took a 3 a.m. walk. There is a little park a few blocks away from me that had like three Pokestops and a gym. So I wandered over there to see what the game could offer. Picked up an Eevee outside my house and a couple trash Pokemon on the way to the park. So I get there and wander around a little, checking out the stops and rustling around in the tall grass, then decide to go a few blocks away to see a couple more stops when I hear from the darkness a, Yo, my man. Turning, I see two sketchy-looking dudes sitting on a bench in the dark. I must have walked right past them without noticing uh, them. Great. One of them waves, my man, check over by the blue truck over there. We got an Onyx earlier. So I wander over by the truck, and sure enough, there's uh, an Onyx there. Awesome. So I end up chatting with the guys for a bit, told them where I got my Eevee. They convinced me to join Red Team when I hit level 5 so we could, quote-unquote, lock shit down in the neighborhood. <laughs> then the cops show up. Yeah, so it turns out two 20-something black dudes and a 40-year-old white guy chilling in the park at 3 a.m. look strange. It took a bit of talking to convince the cop we weren't doing a drug deal, and a bit longer to explain the game. Then the cop downloaded the game on his phone and asked us how to get started. Go, Red Team. I just love that it. just makes me happy. That 
I, I my wife is having a really good time with stories like that because pretty much everybody's Facebook feed right now is talking about what we're catching in Pokemon that that mm-hmm. she's just seeing all those, and and even though she doesn't get it and uh like I, I I texted texted Void about it yesterday and he was when he told me that his wife was doing it I was like yeah my wife just doesn't get it and his was like you try to catch them all what's not to get and uh <laughs> and but she's loving that everybody loves this so much that people are so excited about this that it's legitimately bringing people together that people who don't really talk to each other are are meeting up outside and having fun and sharing this that this is a very very communal thing that that we've all always wanted to share that that people who you don't know that will play Pokemon are out running around trying to catch Eevees. Mhm mhm. Well and and the other thing that my husband and I were talking about and and since both of you guys are into fitness we're like this is really kind of a new type of game and I'm kind of excited to see what other games get developed after this to kind of take advantage of this kind of new culture that I can see developing because um, it it is a a solution to a lot of the problems that video games cause, which is sitting behind a a computer, sitting on your couch, and not moving for hours on end. And now we're creating a culture where part of the game is to go out and explore. It's like geocaching, but digitally. Yeah. Yeah, Mainstream we were just saying, geocaching. Yeah, my brother and I were texting with my parents the other day, and they were like, what is this game? And my dad geocaches, and we basically just said, it's geocaching for millennials, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> as a way to quickly summarize yeah. it for them. But yeah, I mean, it's, have you ever, do you know what this is based on? The technology and the infrastructure? Have you heard of Ingress? I haven't. It, so, Ingress it, is the same company, yeah, and they so Niantic is the one who made this game. They made Ingress, and they partnered with Nintendo and the Pokemon company to do Pokemon Go. And they're using all the same data, which is where all the Pokestops and gyms are coming from. So basically, Ingress was a game where like you would try to capture territory by linking like points together. I think is what you basically did. And if you could like circle an area by touching like the points that are geolocated, you can claim it for your team. And that had kind of a cult following for a really long time, but it had an active community. Mm -hmm. And they took that data and that infrastructure and applied it to Pokemon. And that's why, I mean, obviously that's why it's so huge is because it's Pokemon. But I think that you're right. If we see the success of this game, we could see more and more games like this. And for me, that's just one of those things that I've waited for for years now because my entire thing with the geek fitness thing is trying to make sure that that geeks understand that, hey, we can move around and don't have to be sedentary all the time, that there are other things out there and you don't have to be afraid of being outside. And this is kind of forcing people like I was who were afraid to be outside and get sweaty is like. You, if you want this Onyx by the blue car, then you're going to have to sweat a little bit for it uh, or freeze yeah. for it. When it this is going to be really fun in the deep in the deep winter in some places too. This is and it's dangerous. I mean, I really do worry about someone getting hit by a car and it getting a lot of bad press. But yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be fantastic for fitness. I mean, even for me, I've been walking around a lot more because I've been super lazy lately, and Pokemon Go has made me go outside earlier and way more often instead of playing Overwatch competitive. <laughs> well, and and the, one of the things that I'm curious to know about is, you know, how I, – I know that if you go by a body of water, you're more likely to catch water Pokemon. 
but how how detailed is that like is you know how uh, that that's the kind of stuff i'm curious about like i'm i'm catching i think for the most part very appropriate desert right. pokemon um you know is is that a coincidence or is that you know is it set up that way and my husband who who teaches marketing has been studying uh GIS systems i don't know okay. if you guys know it yeah yeah so so uh, you know we're like well is there any of that kind of in there so we're we're just we're kind of curious about how it works on on top of having fun with it we're just like what what can this be used for what is this going to be used for so yeah, yeah. And some people I've talked to who are a little bit more in the know that are actually in the games industry that are friends of mine um they say that like they can't tell exactly because obviously industry secrets whatever but basically um anything that you could see from like a satellite view that's kind of the level we're talking about. So if you have like a little pond by your house, it's not going to give you water Pokemon. But if you have a giant lake near you, or if you live like on an ocean front, you know, if you go down to the beach, or like you said, if you're in the desert, you know, that kind of thing will have an effect. Or if you live in the mountains, stuff like that. So kind of think about it from like, um, you know, Google satellite view way up above. That's, that's the kind of thing that it's looking at for the types that you're getting. Yeah, and I've always okay. I've heard from some people that, and my experience as well is that things like rivers. I live near a river and haven't had an opportunity to go down there to catch any you of know, the water Pokemon. But even in my front yard, where I am a good two miles away from the river right now, but I'm still having just sporadic, random, well, not maybe not random, but miscellaneous uh, water Pokemon showing up in my yard or in the park right next to the uh, right next to the campus. So I think there may be some sort of algorithm that throws some sort of, of random RNG in there where you will have an opportunity to catch them. They just may not be very often. And uh, where I've had, I saw a Starmie that I couldn't get this morning that I know it was a Starmie or a Staryu or something, and I got a, some sort of crab out of my front yard last night. And they're definitely – I got a Goldeen in my car at CVS waiting in line. I mean, <laughs> there, I was nowhere near water, and that, that fish just came out of my air vent. And it was <laughs> nowhere near it. So there has to be something that is uh, feeding them in other parts where people like me who – I'm I'm in Alabama. I'm not near the desert at all, so I can't miss out on those entirely. They're just not going to be entirely prevalent, I think. Well, and the water Pokemon you're you're getting is probably due to the the high southern uh, humidity you guys have. <laughs> it, was, it was in the in in mid air while it was swimming, so that's pretty much how I feel breathing at any given time. So yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. And then the last thing that I think is really cool about it is uh, you know walking around in downtown Palm Springs, it's like it's not a big area. It's you know one street that goes down the center of the okay. the city, but. You know, all all the little pokey stops. I'm like, I didn't know there was a sculpture there. I didn't know that there was a sign of interest there. And it's like all of a sudden it's making us look at our environment a little bit differently. And I want to know who went around and picked all these things and put them into the, those, into the game. Those were the players of Ingress that did that. You yeah. could submit. You would take a picture and you could submit new landmarks and they would approve them through the database. And what they did, went, like like Void said, they took it and imported it into Pokemon Go, but they were all basically college students were the main people, at least the, to my awareness, were people who were able to devote that much time to it and wander around the cities. But they were all just this user base. It was crowdsourced entirely through the, the players of this game, where I got into Ingress when it 
first came out. It was in one of the betas, and I was playing it on the original Galaxy Note, I believe, and it was terrible. Like, the, the infrastructure was bad. It barely connected. There were hardly any portals or landmarks up. I re-downloaded it a few years later when it came out on iPhone, and the entire thing had been redone. Like, even my small town had new just numerous landmarks all over from it so it's and pokemon will probably be the same way if they ever allow any kind of landmark updating and creating your own pokestops or you know sponsoring a gym somehow that's awesome that's very cool well i'm glad i'm glad we talked about it because this is a lot of questions that you guys had the answers to that we had no clue (laughs) so so thank you for filling us in yeah what we do We're going to move on. Before we get to the very little bit of news that we have today, um, I just want to announce a couple of special events that I'm going to be involved in over the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, This Tuesday night, July 12th, uh, I am going to be at Interstellar Comic Books and Collectibles in downtown Palm Springs uh, at 10 p.m. for their midnight launch of Civil War II Issue 3, which apparently is one of those... Issues that is released with the cover covered because somebody's going to die, and so they don't want to let anybody know until you buy the comic book. And so uh, my local comic book shop is releasing is doing a, a midnight release, and so I am going to be podcasting from there uh, at ten o'clock on Tuesday. So oh, cool. if That's you sweet. are a yeah, if you're a local, come over and uh, say hi. And check it out. Uh, Adrian's an awesome guy, and his his store is a lot of fun. So so check it out. And then I can't I can't speak specifics, but uh, NerdCon is coming in August. I want to say August nineteenth, but I'm going to double check as I talk. Um, and on the Sunday, nothing official, but I believe I will have several panels. I'm not technically supposed to be announcing anything yet. But we're just going to say that if you have um, if you have the time the weekend of the 26th, August 26th, to come down to Escondido and NerdCon, I will be there and there may be panels. So that is kind of a pre-announcement to an announcement that I will make once I get the green light. But we're just, you know, it's not too far away. So I figure, hey, let's uh, let's let people know. So there we go. Uh, Moving on to news. The news has been about the news that is going to be announced at (laughs) Comic-Con. That is basically all the news that we are getting right now. Um, The Comic-Con schedule has been posted. Uh, The last day, Sunday, should go up sometime um, the day that we are recording. So by the time this comes out tomorrow, all of them should be released. But any news that is going to be coming out, I think, in the next week or two is going to be coming out at Comic-Con, so it's going to be kind of quiet until then. But we did have kind of a fun thing that I know at least uh, Beej and I, and I don't know so much about Void, but Beej and I were were geeking out a little bit about the fact that the Oxford English Dictionary now includes the phrase Scooby Snacks. I just love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I'm happy that you guys are happy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it when any kind of pop culture makes it into the dictionary, and, and I always love those words of the year and things like that that they do, and this one being the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary. As an English professor, this is this is the dictionary that if you have, if, if you guys don't know out there in, in listener land that, that about the Oxford English Dictionary, that if you have a one source of everything that's in the, that the, the be all end all of the English language, you go look at the OED. And if it isn't in there or it doesn't say something, there is no truly official stance on it. And for the OED to say Scooby Snack is is officially part of the English lexicon, I really did nerd out when I saw that. When you when you when you told me that, it just made me so happy. Yeah. And I mean it's no secret on this show that I am a huge Scooby Doo fan. Um I don't know how you guys feel as far as Scooby Doo goes, but um if you haven't checked out speaking of comic books that are out, if you have not checked out uh Scooby Apocalypse. No. It it is a uh reimagining of Scooby Doo. It's on issue I think I think issue three is going to release the week of Comic-Con. So not this week, but next week. And it is like they've redesigned the characters a little bit. Uh, Fred is very much kind of the jock with the you know tribal tattoo on the arm. And they've made Shaggy all hipsterish. And it is not your light, happy, and fluffy Scooby-Doo. It is definitely a fun new take on huh. it. So if you're looking for something fun to just kind of you know, leaf through, I, I highly recommend. I had no idea cool. about that. That is awesome. I have to look that up like right now. Yeah. Yeah. Scooby apocalypse. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to just have an episode about that, but I think, I think two issues in is a little too, uh, too light on the information, but maybe in a couple of months I will be able to kind of, you know, either get a creator on or, just a big fan, and we will geek out about Scooby Apocalypse because I am I am a big big fan That's of it. That's super cool. Do you, do you have the Do you have the picture? Up? I do. I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm very happy about this. I I would need to read this. It looks ridiculous and lovely. It looks like my kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and it's I mean it it's self referential, but it's not. It doesn't. It, it it realizes that it's not something that needs to be taken really really seriously, but it also does it seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. It it it's not just making fun of itself. It's not. It's not like Fuller House. Oh. It is. It is very much like we're going to use our your nostalgia for this, um, for this product, and and make you look at it a different way, and you'll get some of the little in jokes and you'll get some of the references, but. At the end of the day, it's its own thing. Is Scooby Doo some sort of like techno, like wizard type thing? Because this looks awesome. Because he's got like um, a, a like a holographic monocle on, and I am I am so digging that. Yeah, he's part of a government smart dog program, <laughs> and, that's, and that's why he can talk. And the um the the glasses that they put on him, uh, and I think in the in the actual book, the cover art's not quite accurate. I think it's more than just the monocle. Okay. Um, it, it's a way for him to be more expressive as an actual dog. And so it's got the little bubble emojis that come out. as And, and so there's always some little bubble emoji that's coming out and, and kind of telling you how, how he's looking at it. Um, Scooby and Shaggy are working – the way the, – the setup is, is Scooby and Shaggy work for uh, Velma's company. 
and Velma is a high-level scientist, research scientist that knows about this big plot, and she doesn't know how to expose this plot in her company, so she goes to Daphne, who is a news reporter, and Fred is her cameraman, okay. and that's how the that's how the five of them come together, and it is um, it it is just like it makes me happy and smile every time I read it. I'm just looking at this. I have to be able to read this. I, I I've got to go to the comic shop and at least leaf through it. Yeah, and I guess it went to a second printing, so it's it's cool. popular enough that I think it's going to be around for a while. So. Awesome. I used to love watching the Scooby-Doo uh, cartoon. I, I remember sitting and just watching it for hours. I, I love old Scooby-Doo. I haven't gotten into any newer stuff that they've redone, but this looks this actually looks really cool. Well, yeah, why like is someone who never got into Scooby-Doo, like, I, I like things when I, – I know the basis of it, but I was never into the original thing. And then they do a reimagining because it gives you such a good jumping on point. So, like, it, it might actually be something that I check out, too. Because I'm not a huge Scooby-Doo fan, but I, I mean, I watched it, you know, like I know the basics of Scooby-Doo. So if this is from scratch, like start here, you know, there's two episodes. That's not intimidating. Like I can give that a try. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. I highly recommend. And as as far as an English geek perspective goes, I use um, I use Scooby-Doo episodes to teach Freytrag's uh, triangle, okay. like the whole plot. Because if you look at it, like every episode yeah. of the classics, it's it's just very basic story arc yep. and so when i have my kids do their own stories like i am like have you ever watched scooby-doo and it's one of those things that's universal so we've all experienced it at some level even even void you've you you know it yep. oh yeah and and yeah and so you you know some of the tropes that they go and everything else so we kind of talk about it and then we watch an episode and see if it, it follows the the story arc that's so. awesome yeah, I love. I, love I may Scooby-Doo. steal that, by the way, just so you're aware. When I start going over narrative, I may may just completely steal that from you. Do it, do it. I highly recommend it. I All like right. that's one of my one of my my proud moments as a teacher it was to stumble upon that and go, you know what? I'm going to use this in my classroom yep. next semester. If I teach <laughs> comp one and I have to do uh, narrative essays, that's just going to be my narrative uh, that where I'm teaching them the three the you know the narrative arc. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've made mention of it. We've talked about it, but we're going to get down to the nitty gritty of what we're here to talk about today, and that is your fabulous Geek to Geek network. Um, I want to know everything about it from conception down to all the the sub uh, shows that you have added in a matter of what four months? I guess something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, so why don't you guys start off by by talking about uh, how you guys the the two of you connected and and how you got behind this idea of starting the geek to geek podcast i don't remember where we met actually it was online like you you we live yeah it was blogging we live yeah. in we live about 17 hours away from one another and uh we uh we met through various online communities where we share the same interests and just over the years kept in touch and you know I remember driving – I'd been wanting to podcast for a while, but never really had the, the follow-through to do it and never had, you know, really know how to, you know, start it up and think that anyone would want to listen to anything I had to say about pretty much anything. And then I remember driving home one day, um, maybe 10 minutes from my house, and I get a Twitter DM, and it was Void basically like, hey, dude, you want to do a podcast? 
Because that's what you yeah, sound, what like. sound like. That, that is yep. what you sound like. <laughs> and uh, that was, I was like, heck yeah, because I've been wanting to do this with you for a while, and I just hadn't gotten around to asking. And it was, that was my, that's my version of the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's where we met. Yeah, I was blogging and then Twitter for a long time. And then um, as far as the podcast, like, it was kind of in my back burner of projects I wanted to tackle at some point. And I started kicking around ideas and like generating, I had a bunch of documents, just Google documents where I keep ideas and stuff. And I had a lot of different approaches for possible podcasts. And I got to the point where I realized I did the right co-host and kind of put a stop to my process because I knew that was an important thing and I didn't want to rush it. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought of a couple different people because, you know, I, I had all these ideas. The podcast could have taken many formats. So um, I kind of started feeling out a couple different people and I realized, no, that one's not right. And no, that's not the right fit. Like, this isn't going to work week to week. And then, like, for some reason, you just hadn't been active on Twitter in the last, I don't know, you took a big break in there. Yeah, and then as soon as I, like, saw your name pop up on Twitter for the first time in a couple of months, I was like, oh, why didn't I think of him before? That's a perfect fit. So I reached out to him right away. And then it was just kind of like I this, you know, I told him I've been thinking about it. He said, I have been, too. So we jumped into basically after that, we were like, OK, well, let's let's try. Like, yeah, let's think about it a little bit. Let's not just record an episode today. Let's jump online together and chat. And we opened up Google Docs because, you know, you can work on them at the same time together. Why not? And started well, we were basically just hashing out ideas. Right. Yeah. And, it and was... like from. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, from there, it became, you know, we, we had a bunch of different idea documents. Like, okay, what's this going to be called? What's it going to be about? And then, like, what's the format? And then what's a general rundown of the show look like? So we actually planned for about, was it like three weeks? It was three or four weeks, yeah, where we were having weekly meetings and then texting and tweeting back and forth about it a bunch, where what the base idea was, we wanted the podcast we had been wanting to listen to, that there are a lot of lot of rambling shows out there and where it's just like they get six people in a room and it's a bunch of in jokes and laughing and you can't see what they're laughing at. And that was the opposite of what we wanted to do. We wanted to do mm -hmm. the polar opposite of that, where we had very high production quality. We wanted to have a focused and structured podcast where we had a discussion because the main thing, because we met during our both of our blogging times, then and he's still blogging way more than I do. But we met during these discussions where we were having long discussions with people about things that we cared about that we couldn't do in our everyday lives because of, you know, your family with your kids, me and work and my long drive and my wife and just everything that was going on in my life. My friends and just having a smaller circle of friends after graduating college, we didn't get to share these things with anybody. So it really is that way of opening up that concept uh, and opening up that conversation of, you know, that was what we like about geek culture is sharing these things that we love with people and having real meaningful conversations about them. So that was where the name came from, too, because that is actually what we're trying to do is reach out to this geek community and start these conversations. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Once we realized that, it was fairly quick work in terms of how we wanted to put things together. Yeah, and like not to de-emphasize how important the death of Google Reader was to all of oh, this. Oh man, it was um, like before, and we talked about this a couple times on the podcast, so I won't rehash it in total detail. But 
before um, Google Reader went offline, there was a very vibrant blogging community, and people would cross-post. People would make an entire blog post responding to whatever the person wrote yesterday. You know, you'd have these epic discussions in your comment sections that had 20, 30 people talking back and forth. And then when Google Reader, like, got canceled as a product, all of these people who were following blogs through their RSS feed through Google Reader just stopped, you know, because when Google Reader came into being, Twitter and Facebook and things weren't what they are today. You know, they were still Mm -hmm. kind of in their infancy or not even existing yet. So that was a way to keep in touch with people. And by the time Google Google Reader got canceled and it died, um, Twitter was there. So people said, oh, I'm just going to take these conversations to Twitter. So all of this blog conversation died. And then I've noticed over the last like two or three years here, a lot of my friends who I still keep in touch in on Twitter, who used to be those same blogging people, are now podcasting people. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a lot of them are coming to it for the same reason that we were. They want that discussion back. They want that back and forth. They want to interact with the community. And we've found so much more interaction since podcasting than I have on my blog in the past, I don't even know how many years. Like, every episode we post out there, we get so many people reaching out to us on Twitter, talking about it. You know, I'll hear us occasionally mentioned on other podcasts that I listen to because they're talking about the same topics. It's kind of that back and forth that we used to have, but it's in a new medium, which is really fascinating to me. Yeah, and just more and more people are listening to podcasts these days. It's not – I mean, I haven't been listening to podcasts except for maybe the last two years. And uh, so I'm fairly new to the format in general, and my more people who I never knew listen to podcasts are listening to them. So I'm able to share this with them, and it's just it, – it really helps out when Apple put the podcast app as a native app on the iPhone. That's really mm-hmm. where I think mm-hmm. a lot of it exploded and but you're right the conversations moved to it people are consuming media different than they were you know eight years ago when we started blogging yep and so all of that together that's kind of like the long form story of how um the geek geek podcast was made so then our general format that we ended up landing on we have one main topic we really don't have any intro we just start and we get right into that main topic um when we're done with that we jump over and we do our weekly geekery kind of like what you had, you know, like we always talk about what we've been geeking out about this week. So it can be totally off topic, but you know, then it's what were we into this week? And then if there's any like special announcement or whatever, we wrap up with that and let people know where they can find us. So we try not to waste people's time. You know, we try not to ramble and have in jokes and spend 20 minutes before we get to the topic of just like talking back and forth about nothing. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it seems like people are responding to that. Yeah, especially since we don't do interviews, where it would be a little different if we had interviews every single episode, where you're getting Mm -hmm. to know the person, you're introducing all of this, you have background, you know, you have all of this standard stuff. But since it's just us, we felt that once people got to know us, that we would be able to have the, the conversation just start and get directly to the point without having, like you said, a lot of in jokes, a lot of, uh, just a lot of honestly wasted time between us, you know, that are included in a lot of podcasts with the, you know, prep leading up. Well, and, and that for me, that's a little bit about what I think drew me to your your podcast was, you know, July for me is the month that a good friend of mine has a big Fourth uh, of July party, and we all go there, and, and he is my biggest geeky friend. Right. So I know that, that my friends Rob and Paula will be at this thing, and now, and now Andy. And the, the four of us will sit, and we will just geek out for the entire day as you know we're 
you know, eating food and waiting for fireworks to start. And then yeah, it's the same group that yeah, and that's the same group that I go to Comic Con with. So for July July is like my geek out month. Right. Like I love July because that's where I get to kinda of, and, and it is exactly what your podcast is. It's like I'll, I will go up to one of them and go, Oh my God, have you heard about <laughs> such and such? Yes, I have. And then you the conversation just starts. And and that's how it feels to me. Your podcast is very much hanging out with your friend and talking about the thing that you're into right now. Awesome. Good. I'm 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 ecstatic that it comes across that way. Because you know, as you go in with something, whenever you start a project, you don't know if it's going to be received the same way that you think it is. That once you let something out into the wild, even if you have that that have it perfectly planned out, it's the idea of everyone experiencing the media differently. So I'm really glad that that it comes across that way as well. Mhm. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely does. what we're going for. And then I've, you guys have started adding um, your geek outs, right? Which are are your inter- interview episodes, or seem to be your interview episodes uh, quite often. Uh, yeah, I just didn't... listened. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just listened to yours with uh, with Kenny Rodder right. because. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Kenny and I have have become good friends, and so I was just like I I had forgotten that you guys had uh, interviewed him, and I was just was catching up on my episodes, and I was ah, there's Kenny. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Talk about Pokemon Go there too. But I don't yes. think he was supposed yeah. to be talking about Pokemon Go at that point, but he did. So, <laughs> um, and so that's that's kind of nice too because you don't just have you know you you're not afraid to vary up the format if you have things that don't quite fit into the way you your regular episodes right. work. And we figured that we would do that so that we have we know that a lot of people and it's been with us too that we won't know that there's a schedule that we want to be consistent and that every Thursday night at seven thirty the new episode with Void and I Void, me and Void are going to go live. That that is that is out of the question that it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then at any given time during the week, if we have something else that we basically consider that bonus content that we wanted people mm-hmm. who are listening, and we always make sure that the pre that the next week that we're like, hey, by the way, there was a geek out episode. You know, boy, we'll say, you know, if you only have it set to download the newest episode, you may want to pay attention to that. So yeah, we wanted to make sure that we were consistent with our main topic so that people who only wanted that could still get that without being buried. Yeah, it, it is, and it's, it is fun to have that bonus content, so it's very exciting. But you didn't stop there. You guys, like, because you guys started in March? Yes, I think. Around there, yeah. And, and you've gone full network in, like, four months. Right. <laughs> you've, yeah. got, you've got three other, other podcasts that you're, you're – working on or involved in. So um, I guess the next one to talk about is the, the health hacks, which used to be a segment on your show, right. but now is its own podcast. Yeah, we got a lot. Well, first of all, I, because I do the geek fitness blog, I, we wanted to talk, that's a big part of my life. Uh, starting, I think about six years ago, it's right at six years now, I started pretty much changing my life and I've lost 155 pounds. So that is obviously a major part of my personality now living a completely new and healthy lifestyle. So we wanted to make sure that that was a part of the podcast because it is a big part of geek culture that gets overlooked that a lot of mm-hmm. people are look at the gym as being something that's not for them. You know, that there's the stereotype of Mountain Dew and Cheetos and Doritos just lay this lying around everywhere. 
And, you know, the smell of Cool Ranch and body odor is pretty much what anybody's, <laughs> you know, computer smells like at any given time. And I wanted, we really wanted to, you know, show that we are fully functional adults who are well-rounded and have professional careers, professional lives, family lives, gaming, and we take care of ourselves. So we wanted to have that in the podcast as well. And since that was already part of my blog, it worked really well. Well, we got a really good response to it, and we were trying to keep it between 30 seconds and two minutes, and it's hard to do. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was very hard to do. It was hard to keep up with every single week, keeping something that you could be bite-sized. So we moved it into a different show where I can do what I was doing, only talk for 5, 8, 20 minutes, but still wanted it to be fairly compact where you could listen to it while you're at the gym, you're on the treadmill doing something, just to keep you motivated knowing, hey, this is what some guy did already. You can do it too. And bringing in the nerder, the geekery and the nerd stuff in there as much as I can as well. Like where I think this week's episode around the Legend of Zelda, where stuff like that goes on. That's awesome, and and I know that you know what as as my listeners know, I've been going um, undergoing a uh, seven month house renovation where I have not had a kitchen oh, for seven oh, months. Oh man! And I I I don't think I've ever been so sick of fast food because like we have very limited options, and it's getting to the point where now the cost of the renovation is starting to you're starting to feel the pinch, uh-huh. and so it's a lot easier to just grab McDonald's than to say, all right, what quality food can we go and find uh, tonight? Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, the commitment my husband and I have made to each other after this remodel is done is that we really have to look back at our fitness and, and say, what are we going to do? And I think Pokemon go is a good start. That's not gonna, (laughs) that's not gonna, that's not gonna change our lifestyle enough. So, you know, we are starting to talk about things that we can do and we're definitely looking at, uh, both you and, and Kenny as ways to, uh, get that information. (laughs) Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is the video games news now. Um, which yeah. void I'm addicted to. Like, <laughs> like your your E3 coverage was just on point. Like, I don't have I you I am your audience because I don't have time Perfect. to sit in front of a what when I'm in front of a computer I don't want to spend that time looking at video game news because not all of it applies to me. Not all, but this makes me feel like I'm in the know and. It, it, it was it was just so nice because I've got an hour and a half commute to work every day. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a teacher, so right now I'm off, which is why I'm so far behind on my podcast because I've gone from like having 15 to 20 hours a week to listen to podcasts to be being <laughs> at home without that excuse. Um, yeah, I know. But as far as E3 goes, it was it was nice because I didn't have to worry about catching up between you and uh, the students that were working, because we had just let out of school, so I had students working in my classroom kind of cleaning up while I was doing um, teacher meetings. Um, I would come up to check on them, and they'd have, like, a list of things that they'd been watching as they were working. You know, here are the things you need to, to look at, Mr. Hogan. So I felt like, wow, okay, I'm I'm caught up, and I don't feel so disconnected from that part of the geek world. Yeah, that's yeah, how I feel about listening. I'm I'm his audience too. I'm glad you guys are my audience. It makes me happy when I hear like what the people who are listening and what they think of it. I mean, the thing is, I find video game news fun. Like I realized when I it was on another podcast. I realized it in the middle of the podcast when he was asking us about like some of our habits and what we're into, and. I said that I follow video game news, and then I realized that that's probably not a normal thing. Like, I find fun in keeping up with all of the news across the industry, and, like, 
I have Feedly as my RSS reader now, and I'm subscribed to like all of the major blogs that cover gaming and like all of these little blogs that cover it too. And like, I just find it fascinating. So I realized that I'm doing this anyway. It wouldn't be that hard to save out the top stories and then like recompile those into a podcast format that's super short for other people to get the news so that they didn't have to wade through all this stuff because not everyone finds it fun. So that's kind of the basis of video game news now. And I've just taken it from there. Um, after that, it was like E3 was coming up and I was kind of nervous and kind of excited, but E3 ended up being awesome. Like, I love the way my coverage turned out for it. I basically did one episode for each individual press conference. And then I did a couple odds and ends episodes for other things that kind of slipped through the cracks. And I'm definitely going to do that again next year. Um, And then after E3, I realized that, oh, I was able to do a daily podcast because all of this pre-E3 stuff was leaking out. So now the challenge is becoming... How do I like what does the balance become of having relevant news, but still getting it out there often enough? So I started at five days a week. That was for E3. And now I'm aiming for kind of three days a week, as long as there's enough news to support it. But um, yeah, so that's a challenge. I'm still finding out how many days a week, which days I should get the news out there. But overall, I'm I'm happy with the coverage I've been able to do. Yeah, you've done an exceptional job with it. I, like both, both all all your casts. When I, I've got them, I actually had to split my playlists for my podcasts because um, I was so far behind. So I put all the shorter ones in one list, all the really really like two and three hour ones in its own list that I will get to <laughs> at some point, probably when I'm driving, you know, back and forth to L.A. for whatever reason, and um, and every time I hear you guys have the, the distinctive little like moment sounders like they're not they're not full intros they're just like these kind of like video game noises or yeah the stingers yeah, on the front. It, yep. yeah and it's it's kind of like every time i hear one of those i'm like yay <laughs> <laughs> well thank you yeah indeed um the only one that i have not gotten to and again i think it's because it released right as i was ending school so i just haven't had a chance to to get it into the feed is the comic box so tell me a little bit about the comic box so the comic box is, uh, okay, so we made the Geek to Geek podcast, and then we both branched out into our own podcast, and we were like, well, we're basically our network, even though we're two people. So we made right. the Geek to Geek network, which is what it is now. And as soon as we did that, I had a friend reach out and say, hey, I've been thinking about doing a podcast off and on for years. I can never get a co-host to, like, lock down things, but I think I should just start. Would you have me in your network? Like, would you be interested? And he's a guy that I did a ton of video work with. He was a roommate of mine in college for one year. Like, I know that he has the production skills, and he's been an on-air personality before for TV. So I just said, yes. Like, you mm. know, it was no real question. It was like, yeah, when do you want to start? So then I sat down with him digitally. You know, we got on Google Docs again and basically kind of like hashed out the format of his show. And he had... I would say he had 90% of the idea locked down already. All I did was kind of help him refine it into, mm-hmm. you know, just from the knowledge that I had gained over the last couple months of actually doing a weekly podcast. And we figured out what his format would be. Um, you know, he decided the name. He's in charge of recording it and editing it. Like, he does everything. It's his, but it's part of our network. And mm-hmm. um, so he's Rob. He's um, at nobi on twitter you can reach out to him he's awesome but yeah um so he basically covers comics and he kind of does for comics what i do for video games he covers 
the biggest events in comic news every week, just very quickly. And then he also has a couple sections like he has um the pull list, so like what he's going to read the next week, and then he'll give quick reviews of anything that he has read. And he checks out a lot of new comics too, and kind of says if you're into you know X, you might like Y, which is something mm-hmm. that like as someone who you know I talked about, I'm trying to get more into comics. It's really cool to listen to him every week because you don't have to be super into comics to get it. Like he gives enough context that every week I listen to him, I hear a new thing that I go, Oh, I think I might want to check that out. Yeah. And like, you know, I, it's so cool because I helped him the first week, you know, really like hash out details and like get everything refined. And after that, I've just gotten to be a listener for the most part. And Mm -hmm. it's so cool. It's so fun being a listener and hearing him every week. And like BG, I mean, you even got to guest star on one already. Yeah, we got into a Twitter argument and well, not argument. We got we got to discussing things on Twitter and realized that we looked at a comic uh, Frank Miller about an issue of Frank Miller differently. So he wanted to have me on to actually discuss it, have a full discussion about it rather than on Twitter. And it turned out to be really fun because we're both pretty much lifelong comic nerds, only he has kept up way more regularly than I have. So it's been fun to it was fun to be able to talk about that. And as someone who has always loved comic books, but doesn't honestly have the money to be able to keep up with the, you know, four or five dollars an issue that they charge now every week, I'm I'm just listening to find out what's going on so I can keep it on my radar when they come out in trades or to be able to pick up for gifts or anything like that. Now, does he spoil? I mean, if I listen to it, do I have am I going to be um is he going to kind of let me know what the plots are, or is it just kind of this is a good idea, this is a good idea, this is or this is what's coming up, check this out, that kind of stuff? I think it's a good balance. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, every time he, every single time he said something that would be like actually a big spoiler, he always prefaces it by saying spoiler coming up and giving you a very quick countdown. So like, as somebody who's not into the week to week of comics, I don't care about yeah. that because mm-hmm. you can spoil it for me, whatever. But if you are someone who is into comics, which you obviously are like you're not going to get spoiled by accident by listening to his podcast. Okay. Yeah. He's not going to be like, Oh yeah, this is who died in civil war. Number civil two, civil war two, number three. So uh, just as you're getting in there, Hey, by the way, but, uh, but yeah, it, he will give you warning to be able to forward through if he does talk about it. Yeah. As, as we were talking about it, I checked my, uh, my playlist and uh, I am currently about uh, 20 minutes from the end of your 20th episode right. of geek to geek and the very next one is the Frank Miller episode of the comic box. So that's my first, Okay, that's my first downloaded comic box issue. So that will be the next thing I listen to. So I'm very Perfect. excited about that. Good. I think you'll like that. Well, very cool. Well, um, before we finish up, I did want to talk, do you have any advice for people who are doing this? Because I know very often as a podcaster, I'll get questions about starting your own podcast and and tips and tricks anything that you've learned that that you want to share with people to kind of get them going or to help them kind of avoid any pitfalls you guys ran into when you were getting started up have more Um, than oh go right ahead well i have some from the production side i mean i guess the main thing would be if you want to do it just start because Mm -hmm. you know sitting around waiting um sometimes it's just you just got to pull the trigger and get started but then like one step beyond that right if you want to be not even professional about it but if you want to be just kind of like one step above amateur like if you can spend like i think you can get a good 
blue blue is a brand name like a blue snowball microphone for like 40 bucks or something you know Mm -hmm. um you don't have to go out and buy hundreds and hundreds of dollars of production equipment to make your podcast sound good you can get something for like 50 bucks plug into your computer and have it sounding pretty good you know like turn off some fans in the background make sure you don't have any crazy noise behind you little things like that can really improve your audio quality which is something that like just as a production guy i always think about the audio quality and then mm. beyond that, like, I feel like the the three or four weeks we took ahead of time, just talking and planning and making yeah. documents helped me a lot. What do you think? That was what I was going to say is have more than just an idea. You need a lot. You need more than just that kernel of an idea that, hey, I like geeky stuff and because there are thousands of geeky podcasts out there. So we had to come up with something that we could do consistently that would be interesting for people and make them want to tune in and actually take the, you know, take the time to download it and put it on their cast. So put in the planning to figure out what your unique angle is going to be. That if you're going to do it, don't just be like, hey, I'm a nerd and I can talk about comic books. Figure out, you know, exactly how you want to talk about comic books. If you're going to be the angry nerd, if you're going to be the, uh, you're going to be the one who spoils everything for everybody. If you're going to be the one who just loves everything and reads the bad comics so that we don't have to. But whatever it is, figure out more than just the kernel of that idea that you want and take take time to do that. Yeah, you want to jump in and just pull the trigger and go ahead and do it. But there's still a level of professionalism there where if you're and that's the way I look at everything is if you're going to do something, then you do it to the best of your ability within your circumstances. So plan it out to be able to do what you need to do. If that's making Google Docs for three weeks ahead of time, then great. If that is writing out a script, like for me, I have to write out a script. I realize I'm not good at ad-libbing because I ramble too much, as you guys can tell. And so when I'm recording mine, I have a script that I go through and then bullet points for other stuff. And I do a plan out beforehand to make sure that I hit what I need to hit. So plan out the idea. And, like, as far as planning ideas, I guess one of the things, like, probably anybody who goes, I bet I could do a podcast. Yeah, you can turn on a microphone and record for an hour. Like, that wasn't something I was worried about going into it. Mm-mm. I was worried about what happens in, like, four weeks, what happens in a year, mm-hmm. right? So right. before we ever started, one of those documents that we spent, you know, in those weeks we were working on documents, we have an ideas list of podcast topics that we know we could talk for an entire podcast about this topic. And we didn't start until we had over like a full year's worth of those. So we have about 60 sitting in a document right now that if we ever have a week where like inspiration isn't there or there's nothing topical to talk about, we just go to that document because Mm -hmm. we've already thought about all these things, right? They're like evergreen things that we can just go pick whichever one we feel like that week. Um, So, you know, some weeks it's obvious, like this week we're talking about Pokemon Go because both of us are playing Pokemon Go. Everyone on Twitter is talking about Pokemon Go. But, you know, who knows next week? Like if there's not something that jumps to mind, knowing that you have all these ideas sitting there and you you can keep doing it week to week, um, that gave me a sense of security, I feel like. Yeah, because that's been the biggest part about blogging for me is that I would do it by the seat of my pants. And I would not have any kind of buffer built up. So if I had a week where I just felt like I didn't have anything to say, then that would put me in the cycle of just not posting anything. And having this idea 
document. And I did the same thing for health hacks is I just went in and wrote out things that even if I don't feel anything, even like the last couple of weeks where I haven't been going to the gym, I have a list of ideas. That, oh, I can I can talk for 10, 15 minutes about that easy. And then I'll just go write something out really quick with bullet points and then sit down and be able to record it without having to rack my brains for it. It has helped a lot to know that we have a year planned out, even if we are completely you know, devoid of anything interesting to say. That's awesome. That was very good advice, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I know a big thing that on top of that, I always, I always tend to to kind of add to the end of any podcasting advice is once you get that planning done and once you get the setup and and you're ready to go, hit publish. Because <laughs> I think I think that's the scariest, hardest thing to do. Yeah. Is to is to finally say, all right, I'm good, and and publish it, even if it's not perfect, because it's never going to be perfect. But but you know. Don't don't be afraid to hit that publish button because, you know, then then you are official. And one thing that we found out that has happened to us a lot when we looked at numbers was that make sure that your first episode is very, very good in terms of quality and that you're okay with people listening to it over and over again. Because even if somebody comes in on episode 20 or 40 or 100, there's a really good chance that once they get hooked, they're going to go back and listen to all of your archives very quickly. So if you start in, you know, with your head in a bucket and an iPhone on the outside of it, then people are still going to hear it even if it is three years old. So Mm -hmm. make sure that it's something that you don't mind people listening to because they will go back and listen to episode number one even if it's super old. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because well, well, they figure, oh, I like this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to find out a little bit more about the person. I bet they talked about it in, in episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing uh, your geek to geek network with, network with us. We're, like I said, I'm a, a huge fan. Um, I think sometime in, I had, I had posted in February, um, uh, uh, on Twitter, hey, you know, what podcasts are out there that people are listening to that you like? Because I, I was at the time kind of looking for, for new podcasts, and I think it was in like April yep, or May. It when, was. I think it was, was it UB yeah, that, that runs the social media that was like, well, we're pretty happy with ours. And <laughs> I was like, well, let me give it a listen. And I have, I have just, I've been hooked ever since. So See, I'm really glad that that worked because that was one of the things that when I got out of the school that I was able to do the same thing as I had a tweet deck, have a tweet deck uh, podcast recommendations search. And I would just go through and I didn't realize and I remember finding you and I was like, this sounds awesome. This will be perfect. And so, you know, I added you and did all of this and messaged you. And then I was like, that tweet is like three and a half months old. Oh, it's going to be really <laughs> creepy and just being like, man, these guys are trying too hard. And, uh, but I'm glad it didn't come across that, that way. Well, it was funny because it it was just like I just got the initial tweet. I didn't see what it was in reference to, but I saw it was a reply to something. I was like, I have no idea what this is. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow. That's from February. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you for finding that because that's awesome. Yep. It does uh, still show up in searches just so you're aware. <laughs> the internet is good for people. And and there is a podcast. Uh, I, I'm I'm not thinking of it right now. If I, and I feel terrible about it. They're a movie review podcast, and they responded to it too. And every time they come up with a new episode, I I'm like I haven't seen this movie yet, and I don't have time to watch this movie. And I so so if you are listening, um, I I will get to your podcast, but I'm already 
three weeks behind my regular podcast, <laughs> but I there was somebody else who responded to that, and it's not that I'm ignoring you. I will I will get to it too. I just it it. I I haven't connected with any of the movies that you've published about yet, but I will find one and listen to it sometime in the next week or so. All right, gentlemen, let's start wrapping this up. Any shout outs for this week? Uh, I'd like to shout out a really cool guy I met on Twitter uh, fairly recently, Ben Burns from At Almost Games. He's an indie web developer, an indie game developer, rather, who uh, made a game called Blake, Blake Strongflank, if I can say it right. And this game is so hard. Oh my goodness, you guys should go and download it. It's on itch.io. I think it's almostgames.itch.io. And it's like Super Meat Boy with pixel art. And I want to slap Ben. I talk to him all the time. And I want to slap him for how hard he's able to make this game. It is so much fun. It is uh, it it is not the kind of frustrating uh, indie game or frustrating difficulty game that would make me want to go put it on an easier difficulty. The entire point is the is the difficulty, and it's super mm-hmm. fun just to see how terrible I am and how sadistic he has been able to make this very very cool looking pixel art uh, platformer. So I wanted to give a shout out to him to see if we can get some more downloads for that game because I I'm having a good time getting sliced up by saws and falling into acid. <laughs> Sounds awesome. How about you, Void? Uh, yeah, I just shout out to Rob from the Comic Box. He's at Noby on Twitter. Noby is K N O W B Y on Twitter. Um, and it's been so awesome having him on the Geek to Geek Network. Like, I'm so happy he reached out to me and that he's making a podcast every week because. Like I said, like I might have helped get him that first step and get that first episode out. And then after that, I've just gotten to be a listener. And it's been like I, I look forward to his every week. You know, I have probably 50 podcasts that I'm subscribed to and I keep up with every single one of them. But there are ones that come up in my feed that I'm more excited about. And like every one on our network, I'm super excited to listen to, which makes me happy as a creator and as a listener. It's right. weird mm-hmm. to be both at the same time. But, yeah, if I'm shouting out to someone Definitely Rob, because he's not here with us today, but he is on the network, and he's a huge part of it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, my my shout first to you, gentlemen, for for uh, coming in and visiting with me this morning, giving up your, your Sunday morning. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I also want to give a shout out to my friends Rob, Paula, and Andy, um, because we are going into uh, Comic-Con season. And so I'm very much looking forward to escaping for a week and just geeking out and spending an entire week being geeky. So I'm looking forward to that. And my last shout out is for Kelly Hightower, who's had a couple of rough weeks this week. So I just wanted to let you know that we're thinking about you and we hope everything's going well. And that is it for shout outs. Uh, Next week's episode is going to be our coverage of the midnight release at Interstellar Comic Books and Collectibles in Palm Springs. Uh, it will be uh, the day after this goes up on the uh, the 12th. So if you're in Palm Springs, go ahead and come visit us and say hi. We're also probably going to broadcast off uh, Periscope. So you can see the live coverage on Tuesday, but if not, it will go up the following Monday. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. 
If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Gentlemen, how can we find you? Uh, collectively, you can find us at geek to geekcast on Twitter. That's an at symbol at the front. Um, otherwise, if you want to actually shout out to the podcast, you can do that at geek2geekcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find all, all of the podcasts on the network. So that's the Geek to Geek podcast, the Health Hacks podcast, the Video Game News Now, the Comic Box. All of us are on like all of the podcatching services out there. So whatever service you use to listen to this on, you can find us there probably. Uh, besides that, for me, I blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com, and you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at grnmushroom, which is green mushroom without the e's. And uh, I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege, and I post all of my show notes and different blogs at geekfitness.net, uh, so you can find all of the health hacks and all of the stuff there where uh, where I started from with the podcast. And like you said, it's on all of the all the podcatchers and services as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, gentlemen, for joining us today. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, it really has. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.